Well, the season started so strongly, the game started so promisingly, and then an injury to Patrick Laine and four unanswered goals from the Carolina Hurricanes meant that the Blue Jackets are starting their season with uh, a pair of losses, frankly. So we're going to talk about that and also take a look at tonight's upcoming game against the Tampa Bay Lightning on today's Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, with a different background uh, because I am in California at the minute. So uh, enjoy this new change of scenery. For people who watch the uh, YouTube version of this show, if you're on the audio version, then uh, we're on YouTube. So you can hit subscribe if you want to and uh, come and enjoy the uh, the the new the new digs uh, for the next three weeks. Uh, this is Locked on Blue Jackets. We are going to be talking all about all things Blue Jackets, um, including the the bad, the good, the bad, and it's mostly just bad, let's be honest. Um Thank you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube, like I mentioned. So if you haven't hit subscribe, then feel free to do so. It helps me out. It helps you out. Everybody wins. Speaking of winning, the Blue Jackets didn't. Uh, we need to talk about the game, uh, but I want to talk in a little bit of detail first about the Patrick Line injury um, because, man, what a... What a, a rough start to the season for the Blue Jackets as a whole, for Laine himself, uh, who really struggled with injuries last season. And, you know, he looked really good in training camp. He looked really good in the preseason. Uh, scores the opening goal of the game 11 seconds into the period. And then uh, maybe five minutes after that, leaves with an injury. Um, not anything malicious, just a weird hit that... It looks like it hyperextended his elbow. He's out three to four weeks with an elbow strain, uh, which I believe means he probably won't be playing in the Finland games against the Avalanche, which is really brutal. But um, it's gonna it's gonna make things a little bit interesting for the Blue Jackets lineup uh, in in future games. They are currently playing Justin Danforth on that top line in lieu of um, Line A, which is. A choice that I wouldn't have made, but don't necessarily dislike, I don't think. Um, I personally would have put Chinikov up there. I think Chinikov had a fantastic preseason and looks really, really strong. He's not Patrick Line in terms of scoring goals, but he clearly has a shot. He knows how to use it. Um, led the NHL in preseason scoring with six goals in, I think, six games. Um, five or six games, anyway. Like uh, That feels like a... That feels like the natural option to me. Um, I do wonder if they are just keeping that line of uh, Chinikov, Brozlovic, and Voracek together to have like one consistent line. Um, I know the cylinder line has been moved around a little bit, and the fourth, well, the fourth line is staying as is because the fourth line was fine. I thought um, nothing groundbreaking, but also nothing egregiously bad so fourth line fine um so we'll see how downforth does 
Uh, his spot on the third line has been replaced by Ken Johnson. Um, Ken Johnson making his season debut tonight in uh, in the home opener against Tampa Bay. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but let's uh, let's not panic because immediately, I, well, I made some some fairly pithy tweets on on the Twitter about how if Line is hurt, cancel the season. Um, it's it's fine. Um, I think. For me, the thing is going to be getting a consistent replacement for Line. I don't necessarily think that Line being out of the lineup is going to be a, a the end of the season. You know, they have other players. Um, I thought Jenna had a really good game um, on Wednesday night. I liked Goudreau's game a lot. He didn't get on the score sheet, but he again, he's one of those players that every time you watch him, he's just doing something really cool with the puck. Um, you know, and the uh, Freddie Anderson had a really good game. Uh, we'll talk about Freddie Anderson in a little bit. But for me, like I said, the most important thing is find someone to replace Line A, stick with it, because you kind of saw that in the game. You know, Goudreau was good. He didn't ever really get a chance to settle into having consistent line mates. You know, he played with Stillinger and Chinakov at one point. He played with Danforth and uh, Rosovic. He played with Jenna and Chinakov. Like, it was just, it was a whole mess. It was a kind of a, a panic shuffle, I think, of what well, we haven't got line A for the next, for the rest of the um, the game and possibly for the rest of October. So let's just kind of do what we can to get through this game. And that's maybe not the best way to, to do things, but I do understand it. Honestly, um, I think the important thing now is, I guess that he thinks Stanford is the best is the best choice for that line. And if it works, great, keep him there. If it doesn't work, maybe give him give him the game and then reevaluate tomorrow. They've got a back to back, um, Tampa and St. Louis. It's going to be a, a rough back to back. They're fly- flying out to St. Louis after the game tonight, so I'm expecting kind of a messy game in St. Louis, quite frankly. Um, but again, that's that's something we'll we'll talk about in a bit. Hopefully, Line A is back um, closer to three weeks than four. Uh, I saw someone on Twitter being like, you know, best case scenario is day to day, week to week. Um, three to four weeks is is not great, but it's fine. Um, apparently, the the worst case scenario was potential surgery uh, five plus months out. So at least it's not that. Um, I spent most of yesterday on a plane, and so when I uh, Finally got onto Twitter at the the end of the night last night. I was like, right, I need to I need to see what what the prognosis is because I knew there was going to be news while I was flying, and there was. And it turns out it was not great news, but not as bad as it could have been. So hopefully, like I said, Patrick Laine back closer to three weeks than four. Maybe we'll see him in Tampere. Fingers crossed. Um, in a minute, I want to talk a little bit more about the game in general, um, who I liked, who I didn't, and uh, we're going to talk about how annoying Carolina Hurricanes are. But first, I'm going to tell you about bet online because it's where the game starts it's your number one source for football betting information this season you can find player development team matchups news podcasts in-depth articles analysis on every football game college football game as well they have everything and as always it remains your continued source for your sports wagering information they've got live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there uh mlb mma boxing golf uh basketball is coming back soon the nfl we mentioned that and most importantly the nhl uh, ken johnson making his season debut tonight maybe put some money on him scoring a goal or even go crazy put some money on ken johnson winning the calder so head, head to betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device to learn more because betonline is where the game starts 
And where the second segment is going to start is uh, the Carolina Hurricanes game at large, because I thought there were some pretty good things, and then there were some not great things. So uh, let's let's start off with the good, um, and then maybe we'll do bad, and then we'll finish with the good again. Um, Daniil Tarasov, I thought, was excellent in this game. Um, you know, as we all know, I think everyone was expecting maybe something a little bit more chaotic, but he was controlled he was clean um a little scrambly at times but i think that's to be expected um the defense didn't really help him out at all um but he made i think 39 saves on 43 shots which is uh, frankly deserved the win um and unfortunately the, the guy at the other end was maybe not better but had uh, definitely a better save percentage and freddie anderson i thought had an excellent game because he always seems to when uh, the Blue Jackets are in town and the Blue Jackets just couldn't really get things going. Obviously, that first goal from Patrick Laine was really, really great. But then after that, it all just kind of went a little bit downhill. Laine left due to injury. Um, the Hurricanes scored and then uh, Cole Sillinger scored. A really, really fun, really cool goal that personally, I might be biased. I do think, um, I do think it should have counted. You know, rule of cool. But unfortunately, it was offside, um, so it remained 1-1 until the Carolina Hurricanes scored again. Uh, Seth Jarvis scored an unassisted goal uh, not long after Line A left with the injury, I believe, and then Brady Shea scored in the second period, again, uh, near the end of it, to make it 2-1, and then uh, goals from Martin Natius and Alexander Svechnikov in the third period to make it 4-1. Um the good news is that none of those were power play goals. Um, the penalty kill was pretty good. Power play continues to be haunted by ghosts, but the penalty kill, for the most part, I really liked. Technically, that unallowed Cole Sillinger goal was uh, was a power play goal, but alas, it was not to be. Um, I think the biggest thing for me in this game was the defense. Um, obviously, the line of injury did not help, but having... 43 shots against on your essentially rookie goalie is, I don't think, a way to play the game. Um, I know that Eric Branson in particular had a rough night out. Uh, I believe he was on the ice for 40-something shot attempts for and or against and 12 shot attempts for. Uh, so he basically, they out they outshot attempted the Blue Jackets by like 30 when he was on the ice, which is not super conducive to winning games or scoring or uh, not allowing goals. I just, I don't know. And we're going with the, the Blue Jackets are going with the same defensive squad again tonight against Tampa Bay. Um, I'm not sure that's the best move, but it's what Brad Larson wants. And so that's what Brad Larson's going for. Um, we'll see. Maybe we'll get to see Nick Blankenberg draw into a game uh, with the back-to-back. We can only, we can only hope. Um, the other, the other alarming thing, but the, but an unsurprising thing is uh, face-off percentage. Um, the Carolina Hurricanes won sixty-one percent of the face-offs. Um, I'm just going to see what the face-off percentages were. Sean Corrali was at thirty-six percent. Justin Danforth was at thirty-three. Cole Sillinger at 20%. Uh, Boone Jenner was at 60% near enough. So, you know, again, my my strategy of just let Boone Jenner take all of the face-offs is clearly one that requires some some deeper thought. Um, and then Jack Rosovic was at 30%. Uh, so not a great 
showing in the face-off dot tonight by basically any blue jacket except Boon Jenner, which, again, not surprised, but definitely something that, that needs to change, especially uh, Sillinger and Rostovic specifically. They are they need to be better. They just they need to be better at face-offs. Like, and I know that face-offs are not be-all and end-all, um, and I think Micah McCurdy has specifically done some some work on how winning a face-off affects the chances of it being a goal. And, you know, it's not like a negligible amount, but it's also like, I don't know, face-offs are, are probably not as important as many people think they are, but they are also important. And a 20% success rate on face-offs for one of your top centers is not good enough, frankly. So that's something that I want to see change. Um Let's finish on something else good uh, that is not goaltending. Um, honestly, I think Johnny Gaudreau might be my my thing. Um, he looked really good. Uh, unfortunately, I think chemistry was an issue. Um, he and Boone Jenner, I thought, were, were fine together, but that missing line A piece was a real, real detriment to the game and to his game in general. Uh, it was, it was not, not necessarily his fault, but I really, I just, I really hope that they can find a consistent replacement for line. I think that's what the message, that's what the message from this game is. Um, and also line, a, he wins games. He just does. When he was out of the lineup last season, the blue jackets, I believe went 10, 14 and five without him so essentially they've won 10 games and lost 19 games when line a was not around so they they need line a um so hopefully he's back soon if not hopefully they can find someone to pick up the slack i think johnny Gaudreau is a good enough player that if they can find someone that can has like any scoring touch that they can really capitalize on that um and that's kind of that's kind of that um i was gonna <laughs> so i want to start a new segment um in in this this season uh, i'm gonna call it cannon cannonball of the game uh and it's basically gonna be the best goal of the game um unfortunately the blue jackets only scored one legitimate goal this season uh, or so far this season i guess um in this game but i am in fact going to give cannonball of the game to cole Sillinger uh because of that just that sweet sweet spinner armor move around two carolina hurricanes defensemen was it offside yes was it cool as hell anyway? Also, yes. So uh, that's my choice for Cannonball of the game for game one. Goes to Cole Sillinger. I'm going to keep track of these. And at the end of the season, we'll see how many Cannonballs everyone has. Um, I'm calling it Cannonball of the game because for those of you who do not know, um, every time a home goal is scored for the Carolina the Carolina Blue Jackets, wow, the Columbus Blue Jackets, every time they score a home goal, they sign a Cannonball and it gets put up on the wall in Nationwide Arena, which is super cool. And so I thought, hey, let's do something similar to that and let's do Cannonball of the game. Uh, so that's going to be a recurring segment um, and I'm super excited about that. In a minute, we are going to look ahead to the Tampa Bay Lightning game tonight, uh, take a look at their lineup and how sad this game is going to make me. And that's all coming up on the next segment of Locked on Blue Jackets. Welcome back to Locked on Blue Jackets. Unfortunately, the rules say that we have to play the Tampa Bay Lightning, so I figured we probably should talk about that. Um, I'm not looking forward to this game. I think it's fair to say. Um, I think having line out is going to be a problem. Uh, the Blue Jackets are going with Tarasov again. Uh, Elvis Mazikins is, I think, healthy. He's recovered from his illness, which is a good sign. But I, uh, Brad Larson said something. He has ha he hasn't had the practice time. 
that Tarasov has. So I think what will happen is he'll probably start tomorrow against St. Louis, uh, but for better or worse. Daniel Tarasov is going tonight. Uh, again, welcome back to the NHL, Tarasov. Uh, your first two games are against the Carolina Hurricanes and the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I think he, in fairness, again, I want to say I think Tarasov was the best player for the Blue Jackets. Last night, I thought he was great. Um, I think they shall probably uh, have another good game tonight. Uh, the Lightning also have not won a game yet. The Lightning won that. The Lightning lost their first game uh, to the New York Rangers. Three to one. So they are also apparently having trouble uh, scoring goals. I believe they're leading. Well, I say leading scorer. They have one goal. Uh, Stamkos scored the goal, the lone goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I expect him to score at least 30 more this season. And Nikita Kucherov, always a threat. Braden Point really kind of coming into his own. The, the Lightning are a problem. It's extremely stressful to me, a person who doesn't want the Lightning to succeed. But uh, in terms of matchup, this could be this could be a tough one for the Blue Jackets. Um, I'm trying to think of of a prediction for my who's going to win and who's going to score the first goal for the Blue Jackets. Uh, I was wrong on both counts in game one, so let's let's continue that. Um, Let's go with a a four to three win for the Blue Jackets uh, in regulation this time, and let's say I think Cole Sillinger is going to score the first goal. Why not? That's that's going to be my pick. Um, that's my 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 bold prediction slash hot take. Um, someone someone I think it was Greg Wagner. Um, added the show podcast on Twitter being like, you promised lots of goals and no line A injury. I want my money back. So hopefully I can be, a, this is a little bit more of a, a um, accurate prediction. I don't know that it will be, but I'm, I'm going big or going home, frankly. And I don't want to go home. So I guess the only other option is to uh, go big and it should be a, it should be an interesting game tonight. Um, Vasilevsky was also excellent. He'll probably be playing tonight. Uh, he allowed three goals on just under, uh, just over thirty shots. So again, expecting expecting him to have a good game. He always has a good game. Um, but hopefully, Tarasov has one too. And that's kind of all I've got for you today. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to do a weekend episode because I didn't do one episode yesterday. Uh, talking about tonight's game, looking ahead to St. Louis, see how they're doing. So uh, that's going to be. Tomorrow's episode, we'll do a game recap and also a game preview in one episode because I'm nice like that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Lockdown Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. It's also on YouTube. If you haven't hit subscribe over there, then please, please, please do so. Um, I did not hit my subscriber goal by the time Puck Drop happened, but I'm... Super excited about how fast the channel is growing anyway. So uh, feel free to mosey on over there and hit that subscribe button. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. Uh, if you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJacket at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.